ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯೈ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಈಸ್ ರವಿರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಫಾರ್ಟಿ ಫೋರ್ತ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಇನ್ ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ವಾಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪ್ಲೈನಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ಟು ಶೋ ಡಿವೋಷನ್ ಎ ಡಿವೋಟಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಫರ್ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಎ ಲೀಫ್ ಎ ಫ್ರೂಟ್ ಎ ಫ್ಲವರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಾಟರ್ ಬಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಟು ಬಿ ವಿತ್ ಎ ಪ್ಯೂರ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಇಸ್ ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಸ್ಸಿಂಗ್ ಸಿಂಪ್ಲಿಸಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ಸ್ ಒನ್ ಲೀಫ್ ಒನ್ ಫ್ರೂಟ್ ಒನ್ ಫ್ಲವರ್ ಹೀ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಈವನ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ದ ಪ್ಲೂರಾಲಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ದೀಸ್ ಹೀ ಈಸ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಸ್ ಟು ಸಿ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಸಿಂಪ್ಲಿಸಿಟಿ ಸಿಂಪ್ಲರ್ ದ ಲೈಫ್ ವಿ ಲೀವ್ ದಿ ಈಸಿಯರ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಟು ಅಟೆಂಡ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಡಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮೀನ್ ವಿ ಶುಡ್ ಆಫರ್ ಓನ್ಲಿ ಎ ಲೀಫ್ ಎ ಫ್ಲವರ್ ಎ ಫ್ರೂಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಾಟರ್ ಟು ಫೈನ್ ದಿ ಆನ್ಸರ್ ವಿ ನೌ ಮೂವ್ ಟು ಸೆಗ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಸೆವೆನ್ ಕವರಿಂಗ್ ವರ್ಸಸ್ ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಟು ಟ್ವೆಂಟಿ ಏಟ್ ಲೀವ್ಸ್ ಫ್ಲವರ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಫ್ರೂಟ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಪ್ಲಾಂಟ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ಡಮ್ ಗುಡ್ ಯೂಸಬಲ್ ವಾಟರ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಓಷನ್ ಆಸ್ ರೈನ್ ಎರ್ಲಿಯರ್ ಹೀ ಸೆಡ್ ಹೀ ಈಸ್ ಗಿವಿಂಗ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಹೀ ಹಿಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆರ್ ದೀಸ್ ದೆರ್ ಇಸ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಗಿವ್ ಟು ಹಿಮ್ ವಿಚ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಸೊ ಹೀ ಪುಟ್ ಸ್ಟ್ರೆಸ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಪ್ಯೂರ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ರಾದರ್ ದ್ಯಾನ್ ದಿ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ ಇನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ತ್ರೀ ಹೀ ಸೆಡ್ ದೆರ್ ಇಸ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದ ತ್ರೀ ವರ್ಲ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಸ್ ಟು ಬಿ ಡನ್ ಬೈ ಮೀ ನಾರ್ ಈಸ್ ದರ್ ಎನಿಥಿಂಗ್ ಅನ್ಅಟೈಂಡ್ ದಟ್ ಶುಡ್ ಬಿ ಅಟೈಂಡ್ ಬೈ ಮೀ ಎಟ್ ಐ ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ಮೈ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇನ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ಭಗವಾನ್ಸ್ ಐಡಿಯಾ ಆಫ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಶೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಡಿವೋಷನ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಬೈ ಡಿಮ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಕಾಸ್ಟ್ಲಿ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಇನ್ ಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟ್ ದಿ ಪ್ರೈಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವ್ಯಾಲ್ಯೂ ಆಫ್ ಎ ಥಿಂಗ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಪ್ರಾಡಕ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಯು ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ಸ್ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ ಎರ್ಲಿಯರ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ ಸೆಡ್ ಎ ಪಂಡಿದಾ ಸೀಸ್ ಎ ಲಂಪ್ ಆಫ್ ಕ್ಲೇ ಸ್ಟೋನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೈಮಂಡ್ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಆಲ್ಸೋ ದೆರ್ ಇಸ್ ನಥಿಂಗ್ ದಟ್ ವಿ ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಗಿವ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಹೀಸ್ ಎ ಫೈವ್ ಇಯರ್ ಓಲ್ಡ್ ಚೈಲ್ಡ್ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಬಲ್ಸ್ ಎ ಡ್ರಾಯಿಂಗ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಗಿವ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಆಸ್ ಎ ಬರ್ತ್ಡೇ ಗಿಫ್ಟ್ the parent accepts it with a smile the value is not in the paper drawing but in the innocent nature of the child in the same way what the supreme wants is not objects that you struggle to possess give what you have but no need to struggle to acquire a specific thing don't pray to win a million dollar lottery and then offer one dry leaf and say the account is settled though it is flexible we have to make an effort to give our best with a pure heart that is yoga karmasu kaushalam skill in action not thinking what we are giving is ours is samatvam yoga uchyate equanimity of mind that is yoga itikasas and puranas explain this devotion with beautiful stories we can take guidance from puranic stories to what to give but what we offer also depends on what grows in our area in mahabharata there is a story of a shiva devotee who goes to the forest and gets lost as it was getting dark to keep himself safe from the wild animals he climbed a tree to stay on the branches to keep himself awake he plucks one leaf at a time from the tree and chanting shiva's name drops them in the darkness he has not seen a shivalingam under the tree his all night worship pleases lord shiva who gives him divine bliss We have the story of elephant Gajendra offering a flower to Lord Narayana. Sabari offering fruits to Rama after tasting them. In Tamil Bhakti literature, there is the story of Kannappan Ayanar who brought water in his mouth and poured it on Shivalinga for giving a bath to Shiva. Bhakti literature has innumerable examples of devotees showing extraordinary devotion 
through simplicity of objects but with a pure heart even to this day temples use tulsi mala for vishnu and bilva mala for shiva both are garlands made out of leaves we use flowers to decorate the murti and to perform archana they give beauty as well as fragrance we use fruits for decoration and for naivedyam that is offering to god we use water for abhishekam breaking coconuts or putting money in a box is easy for us so why not show devotion by offering such material things why prayat atmanah by the pure mind pure mind towards the supreme indicates an absence of doership and experiencership pure mind means no identity with the body mind it starts with a mental attitude of dedicating everything to the supreme this was explained as part of karma yoga dedicate all the results to bhagavan and take the result as a prasadam as a gift from god as explained in chapters 2 to 6 a pure mind is needed to be successful in meditation and merge with atma the brahman his wish is that jivatma must merge with him and for that he is demanding a pure mind the world is seeing devotees engaging in all kinds of corruption in fact they perform pujas and pray to god to support them in such activities it is making bhagavan as a partner in our criminal activities a pure mind will not put bhagavan in such a position bhagavan in chapter 5 said the supreme consciousness never accepts the sin nor the virtues of anyone now why is he saying that he will accept materials like leaf fruit flower and water what is the hidden significance he says hey devotee your sins and virtues are identified with you because you perform activities as a doer and experiencer in the same way if you think that the leaf the flower the fruit that you are offering is from your own tree grown in your own backyard or farm with your own efforts or bought in a shop with your own money then the offering has lost its value because there is a strong sense of ego understand that you are only giving back to me what i gave this world to begin with this understanding and attitude is what i am expecting and such a mind is a pure mind start with the simple objects like leaf flower etc and expand it to all activities therefore yat karoshi yat asnasi yat juhoshi tadasiyat yat tapasyasi kaunteya tat kurushva madarpanam edai seidalum enna undalum yagathil enna alithalum daanamanalum endha davamanalum kaunteya adai enakku arpamena sei whatever you do whatever you eat whatever you offer in sacrifice whatever you give away as charity whatever you practice as austerity do it as an offering to me it is not enough to offer me a leaf a flower a fruit and some water in the morning and then the rest of the day forget me and indulge in materialistic and corrupt activities allow me to permeate in all your actions allow me to be part of all your experiences allow me to perform all actions through you eating is consuming food so whatever you eat refers to whatever you consume through the five sense organs mind and intellect it should be consumed as an offering to bhagavan the supreme consciousness residing within us as atma and not just for our sense pleasures not with a strong identification as an enjoyer 
in other words consume not for self pleasure but for self realization consume not for the body but for bhagavan who resides in this body austerities in this verse need not be taken to mean just fasting single pointed focus on any activity is austerity long hours one puts into studying a subject for an exam is an austerity recall in chapter 4 bhagavan asked us to convert all our actions as yagnas as austerities as sacrifices whatever you give as charity you should not give with the idea that you are in a superior position and the other person is in a inferior position bhagavan says whatever you are giving understand it as mine only and give with humility consuming food performing rituals giving charity etc are positive things we get physical welfare and mental satisfaction with these actions on the other hand austerities or sacrifices involve undergoing difficulties fasting walking miles and miles to have a darshan of lord in your temple studying hard sweating in the work environment and being stuck in traffic all are sacrifices he is not saying just offer me only things considered as good and easy but also offer the difficult austerities and sacrifices in life that is what yat karoshi means this is the real essence of whatever you do perform all activities as an offering to the supreme for example you can divinize the food you eat every day by offering to the lord first divinize the act of cooking by thinking the food you are preparing is for bhagavan and not for you divinize your dieting take an ekadashi vow and spend the time meditating instead of talking all the time about the intermittent fasting you are planning to start from next month you can divinize your exercises do surya namaskar thinking of the lord instead of running on the treadmill in a gym watching a video that pulls you into the material world take a walk to the temple and do pradakshina around the temple that is performing exercise in a spiritual environment thus bring divinity in all aspects of life 24/7 wait wait bhagwan please wait after asking to give you just a leaf a flower a fruit and little water why are you asking us to offer everything we do to you bhagwan says hey devotee i am happy with the small things you sincerely give without limit when you care and love you give love to your child not because the child is giving any material presents back to you you give love because you feel the child is part of you in the same way you offer everything to me and be part of me bhagwan what will happen to me if i go on offering everything to you won't i be broke शुभा शुभफलैर एवं मोक्षसे कर्म बंधन संयासयोगयुक्तात्मा विमुक्त माम उपैशसी नल कट पलन इव्वाबंदोग मनम लयिपेम सूशल बी फ्रीड फ्रम दाण्सिंग गुड अंड ईवल फ्रूट्स with the mind steadfast in the yoga of renunciation and liberated you shall come unto me all actions have results in the transactional world it is good or bad good results lead to sukha joy and bad results lead to dukkha sorrow but 
one can become free from both good and bad and get liberated from karma bandham the bonds of actions from samsara the cycles of birth and death and attain jeevan mukti liberated while still alive and attain me upon the physical death of the body this brings up some questions in our mind is bhagavan partial to those who worship only him what about those who do not worship him at all What about those from the two varnas other than Brahmin and Kshatriya as well as women who have not been talked about by Bhagavan? What about those who are considered as sinners and shunned by society? Can they all attain moksha and how difficult is it for them to attain moksha? To find answers we move to the interesting segment 8 verses 29 to 33. Bhagavan first gives the general answer and follows it with a specific answer. சமோகம் சர்வூத்தேஷு நமே துவேஷோஸ்தி நப்பிரியம் எல்லா உயிரினமும் எனக்கு சமம் எனக்கு விருப்பு வெறுப்பு இல்லை ஐ ஆம் சேம் டுவர்ட்ஸ் ஆல் பீயிங்ஸ் டு மீ தேர் இஸ் அ நன் ஹேட்ஃபுல் நார் டியர் ஆஸ் சுப்ரீம் பிரம்மன் ஐ ஆம் இம்பாஷியல் டு எவ்வெரி பீயிங் இஃப் பகவான் ஹேட் கிவன் எனி அதர் ஆன்சர் தென் ஹீ வுட் பி கோயிங் அகெயின்ஸ்ட் his own teachings of samatva he is walking the talk god is above dualities and cannot have likes and dislikes he makes it very clear about it also bhagavan has predicted that in future people are going to misunderstand and criticize a soon to come verse because of that he makes this point very clear to begin with I do not have any bias towards any being whether it is man or woman or any in LGBTQ plus color spectrum sea or land creatures insects microorganisms devas asuras anything and everything else I am neutral to everyone I have taken avatar as a fish as a boar as a tortoise as of animal of human as short and tall human beings I am not taking avatars because i have hatred for people and come down to kill them that is a wrong understanding by the ignorant my avatars are to fulfill the karmas of those who chose it that way otherwise my avatars are only to teach dharma as i am doing right now in the middle of the battlefield i do not take pleasure nor do i experience pain i absolutely have no bias i not only have no hatred i also have no liking people choose wrong things in their life and therefore they suffer the choice is theirs and not mine i don't write anyone's karma everyone creates their own karma and experiences its results i can act like a shock absorber but i am not driving their vehicle everyone is in charge of their own vehicle please remember what i said earlier Udasinavit asinam asaktam teshu karmasu My acts do not bind me because I am sitting unconcerned and unattached to those acts. After making that statement of impartiality, immediately he gives an exception clause. E bhajanti tuma bhaktiya mayi te teshu chapyaham Yavar ennai bhakti udan vali paduvar ennil avarum avaril nanum those who worship me with devotion are in me and i am also in them 
Though I said that I am impartial and for me there is none hateful nor dear, I would like to highlight one point. Though I am the same to all, those who worship me, they see themselves in me and see me in them. That is, Bhagavan is impartial from his own standpoint, but from the devotee point of view, he seems to be partial. Shri Krishna is same to Arjuna and Duryodhana. When both wanted help, Shri Krishna asked Duryodhana to choose between his entire army and himself. It was Duryodhana's choice to reject Shri Krishna and choose his army instead. Hanuman rejected the diamond necklace given to him by Rama and tore his chest and showed Rama and Sita in it. It is not the duty of God to show his presence within us. It is up to us, the individuals, to see God in our hearts. Whether we see him in our hearts or not, Bhagavan is giving the assurance that we are in him. Please recall the verse in chapter 6. Yomam pashyati sarvatra sarvam chamayi pashyati tasyaham na pranashyami sachamena pranashyati The person who sees me everywhere and sees in me everything, that person never gets separated from me, nor do I get separated from them. That is the easiest way to keep God near us. Bhagavan, what you are saying is encouraging. You are talking about pure-minded devotees. We are not there yet. What about the sinners? Do they have any hope? He immediately clarifies his position. Even if the most wicked worships me with a single-pointed devotion, that person too should indeed be considered as righteous. For that person has rightly resolved. Such a person soon becomes righteous and attains eternal peace. Know for certain that my devotee is never destroyed. Most wicked is also understood as most sinful. But such actions are in the past. That sinful person has turned a new leaf and has become a righteous dharmic person. The battlefield context is... Arjuna, you listed so many reasons why you will get sin. Imagine a person who has a lot more sin than what you talked about. Even that most sinful person should be considered as a good person if in their mind they have resolved the difference between Atma and Anatma and have single-pointedness to realize their self, the Brahman. If that is the case, why are you worried about sin when you are here for a dharmic war and I am guiding you? He says, Bajate maam ananya bhak, meaning devotion to me, no one else. It does not mean that Bhagavan is jealous of other demigods or afraid of someone else and hence demanding devotion to no one else. It means a single pointed devotion. It does not mean go and destroy all other forms of worship. In chapter 6, we saw his advice, Uddharet Atmanatmanam Natmanam Avasadeet. Let a person lift oneself by himself or herself. Let not lower himself or herself. With single-pointedness, that person will not sleep. He or she will slowly and steadily go up the spiritual ladder. The story of Valmiki, who wrote the first edition of Ramayana, is an example. He was a thief and one day, Realizing that no one in the family is willing to share the sin of his actions, through the advice of Narada, starts chanting Mara Mara and turning into a Rama Bhakta 
wrote Ramayana. He accepted his way was sinful, resolved not to do it again, changed his way of life. He was righteous from that moment. Bhagavan is talking about such people. If a person has really changed for the positive, do not keep harping on their past and criticize that person forever. Consider them as good and give them an opportunity. Next, we tread into a controversial verse in Bhagavad Gita. Mam hi partha vyapashritya epi syuha papa yonayaham striyo vaishasthata sudraha எண்ணில் உண்மையில் பார்த்தா தஞ்சம் அடைந்தவர் பாவ பிறப்பாயினும் பெண் வைசியர் மேலும் சூதிரர் அவர்களும் அடைவர் உயர்ந்த லட்சியம் ஓ பார்த்தா ஃபார் டேக்கிங் ரெஃப்யூஜ் இன் மீ வாட் ஆர் பி த சோர்ஸ் ஆஃப் சின் விமன் வைஷ்யாஸ் அண்ட் சூத்ராஸ் அட்டைன் த சுப்ரீம் கோல் ஒன் மே ஒண்டர் வதர் வியாசா கேவ் தி ஸ்வர்ஸ் டு டேக் எ பயோ பிரேக் I have read commentaries that have skipped this verse. One interpretation I read was that it was addressed to the society of Arjuna's time and not applicable for our times. Quoting this verse, critics reject Bhagavad Gita and the entire Sanatana Dharma and criticize all Brahmins. One criticism is that Bhagavan is declaring the entire womankind as low birth, as prostitutes and sinners through the use of the word papa yonayaha the word papa yoni is taken as an adjective with one or more of the words following it more so with the word striyo women taking the word yoni to mean uterus or vagina and translating the word papa yoni as sinful birth and using it as an adjective to the word following it some give the interpretation that bahavan is talking about prostitutes as worst sinners some take the word papayoni as the adjective to all the three classes of people in the second line and interpret it as women vaishyas and sudras are all of low birth as worst sinners as untouchables honestly i am not satisfied with any of the commentaries that i have read in the limited time i have for these episodes I would like to address the criticism of this verse in a condensed manner before I explain the meaning that does not contradict the rest of the Bhagavad Gita and the real purpose of the verse. In the introductory episodes of this podcast, I indicated that it is important to understand a verse properly as a standalone verse and also with its surrounding verses, how it fits with the chapter it is in and also with the rest of the chapters. Otherwise, It will be like the story of a group of blind men who have never come across an elephant before trying to describe an elephant by touching different parts of the elephant. It is important that we see the trees as well as the forest. Predicting such criticisms in verse 29 itself, Bhagavan said, I am same towards all beings. To me, there is none hateful nor dear. Let me first give some common sense refutations. Taking Adava Krishna is giving the teachings. 1. Nowhere in Krishna's story there is mention of Krishna disgracing women. In fact, they all swooned for him. Happily playing his flute, he danced with thousands of gopikas without rejecting anyone. In spite of it, there was no Me Too movement against him. Suddenly, why would he put women down 
when he is teaching a serious subject matter in the middle of the battlefield. 2. Throughout his life and specifically in Bhagavad Gita, he is showing his optimistic face, treating all the same and encouraging everyone to walk the spiritual path with an equanimity of mind. What gain will he get by criticizing some women in one verse? What is the connection to the rest of the Bhagavad Gita? There is none. In many episodes, I have pointed out that Bhagavan is Sri Krishna talking as pure consciousness. Let us see from that angle. 1. As pure consciousness, he is not differentiating anyone. In chapter 6, he asked Arjuna to treat the nine types of people the same. There is no gender identification in those nine types. It includes both men and women from all Varnas. 2. We have seen that sin means impurities in the mind. They are the negativities due to gunas, confusions due to choices and ignorance about our inner self. All those are in the mind and not in a body part. Sin is not at the physical level but is at the mental level. If yoni is used as an adjective to three and understood as the physical body part of a woman and argue that the body part is sinful, then it goes completely against all the earlier teachings. Body is just prakriti, it is inert. There is no doership in it. So, how can you connect sin to a uterus and say women are of sinful birth? 3. In the entire Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavan mentions women directly only in this verse. If you assume that Bhagavan is talking about prostitutes, then he is not mentioning about other women at all. It will imply that those left out women cannot attain moksha. That goes against the fundamental teachings of Bhagavad Gita. 4. He mentions women indirectly in chapter 10. While listing his glories, says, Narinam Kirtihi Shri Vatsmithir Smeda Dhriti Cha Shama. That is, he says, Among feminine qualities, I am fame, beauty, wealth, speech, memory, intelligence, firmness, and forgiveness. When he is praising the feminine qualities so much, why would he insert an attack on all women or a subset of them? It does not serve any purpose, leave alone trying to convince Arjuna to fight the war. Also, 1. If you want to associate a subject to Papa Yoni, then does it refer to the mother or the child? If it is the child, then it can be a boy also. If it is the mother, then all mothers are made sinners and prostitutes. That is too much of a generalization. Bhagavan obviously will know that such a teaching is not in line with reality. 2. If you interpret this verse as only women, Vaishyas and Sudras are all sinners, then it implies Brahmins and Kshatriyas are not. If no Brahmin is a sinner, then in chapter 5 while talking about the Pandita, there is no need to say a Brahmana endowed with humility. Also, from the following verse, it is clear that there are sinners in Brahmins and Kshatriyas too. 3. If those listed in the second line are associated with Papa Yoni in the first line, then there is no reason to use the words te api, meaning they also in the second line. Those are some common sense reasons refuting the criticisms. That is all well and good. But what does the Papa Yoni really refer to? And what is the right meaning of this verse? That is for the next episode. Until that time, this is Ravi Ranganathan bidding goodbye.
भगवद्गीता ओ